This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hi, and welcome to the Nakuda podcast for this week, Parshas B'Shalach. Uh, I would like to announce with great gratitude that this podcast is dedicated to um, the father of B.J. Goldman, who's dedicating this podcast in memory of her father, Shalom ben Hanach Henech, Allah Shalom, whose yurt site was the 12th of Shvat, his fifth yurt site. Okay. Uh, this uh, parsha, as everyone knows, uh, is particular. It's called Shabbashira, uh in observance, remembrance, memory, memory, or whatever of the celebration of the Shira Sayam, which was led by Moshe Rabbeinu, uh, the final kind of the Makkah Patish, the, the last step of the Yisus Mitzrayim going out of uh, of Egypt and finally destroying. The enemy, uh, Paro, and his uh, his soldiers once and for all, uh, and it has, of course, you know, it's a very very deep uh, parsha in many ways. Uh, we, as usual, are going to focus on just a few simple points. Uh, what I want to emphasize this uh, this time around is the importance of recognizing why. Uh, something such as a song is so significant that it is um, celebrated not only by kind of having a Shabbos of its own, but also um, something that we sing every day, every morning. We sing the entire Shira Sayam as part of the davening Shachris. And the Psukim uh, is, is referred to in the davening of both um, Shachris before uh, the tefillah before the uh, Shemana Esrei. We talk about it. Uh, this is the concept I think we mentioned before of being soimech geula letfila. As we talk about the redemption from Egypt going right into the Shemana Esrei without any interruption, uh, which is also very significant. And what do we say about the Yisus Mitzrayim? We're ta- we talk about the the Shira uh, Sayam, the splitting of the sea, and we quote the Psukim of Micha Moichah that are taken from that Shira, and that's both uh, in the morning and also at night. Uh, there we have another bracha in between the the uh, the mention of that and the Shemona Esrei itself, but it's also considered to be an idea of being Samech Gulit Tefillin. important is to uh, connect those two things. So at any rate, this is an extremely important um, thing to, to realize that we're talking here about uh, an event which is kind of after the fact, in the sense that, I mean, we are talking, of course, about the event of the, of the, of the, of the splitting of the sea itself and that, that tremendous miracle. But what we're um, quoting and what we're uh, celebrating here, what we're reliving, in a sense, is the, uh, the song. And, you know, what's a song? I mean, a song is like, uh, we think of songs today as being entertainment. I mean, how often do you talk about a song that's an actual event in itself? Um, there aren't that many 
times in the history of Jewish people that songs have been commemorated to this uh, to this extent. And we have other songs in the Chumash. You have Hazino, you have uh, the Shias Abair, but they're not uh, quoted as often, and they're not and they're not certainly we don't celebrate them and say them you know every day or every, even every week. Um, or even every month, <laughs> we don't, we just don't do it that much. So, what's special about this song, and what's the idea of a song altogether? Why it has some kind of a power in itself? What's the whole idea of music actually? Um, why is it something that's so important? Uh, it should be put on such a level. Um, there are also several opinions as to what the song, how the song was actually uh, performed, so to speak. In other words, there was, it seems to have been quite spontaneous. Um, there was no real preparation for it, and uh, there's even those that say that they all sung it simultaneously, so it wasn't even, uh, others say that, 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 that Moshe Mendes sang it first, and then they followed them, and then also the idea that the men sang it and the women sang it. So it was something involving all of Klali's so These are all important, significant points. And I think what we have to uh, recognize here is that, is that there are events in the history of the Jewish people that went way beyond, in a sense, the um, uh, an intellectual experience. And we could say that the experience of Matan Torah and Har Sinai was definitely... Um, and also an emotional experience, for sure. I mean, there was so much going on. There was a real, uh, tremendous, uh, tremendously impressive uh, event, uh, even without its uh, content, so to speak, in terms of the the Jerusalem themselves. But it was it was given over in such a way that it it, it was a cataclysmic event. Um, Nevertheless, it's remembered more for the content that came out of it. So what was what was actually um, uh, given over there, uh, the uh, the instructions given over given over in terms of the of the Asiyas and commandments, and you know that was what what we we still have from that event. Um, but the Shir Sayam was a song. And a song is something that's really super rational. It's something that is, a, is primarily an emotional outpouring. And this is the difference between, you know, we talk about music as um, used as, as in, in a therapeutic sense of, uh, for healing and for uh, relaxa- relaxation and for um, uh, or entertainment, dancing and different things. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, it's instructive to... Um, Remember that David Amelech himself, who was probably the most musical personality in in in, in, in the Tanakh, um, as a musician himself, um, he had two roles, musical roles that we know about specifically. We remember him for one was the fact that he, uh, even before he became king. He was a personal musician for Shaul, who had apparently some mood swings and needed music uh, as a, a way of um, of calming him down. And that was could be considered to be a more of a therapeutic thing. We don't have any anything remaining from that period that we can you know, we still have today. On the other hand, um, the Sefer Tillam that he uh, composed. And we know that, uh, of course, we don't have the melodies, uh, except in some, some circles they claim to maybe have melodies that, that uh, descended from him. But um, we have the, the words, uh, the lyrics, and, um, and we know that these were poems that were sung, by and large, um, in various contexts. And uh, those were generally, I mean, overwhelmingly an outpouring of emotion. 
they were uh, very often in stressful periods of his life, uh, or they were at particular times when he wanted to praise Hashem, you know, around uh, the events leading to the, uh, the, the I mean, involved with the base of Mikdash, or, uh, you know, Shir Shal Yoim, or various practical claims, Hallel, different things that we sing, sing on various holidays. These are all either uh, songs of praise, or they are um, things, uh, responses to uh, very stressful uh, times during his life. And that is a very important function of song, of music. It is as to give us an expression, to give expression to things that we are experiencing in our lives. And that's obviously the category that we're talking about here in terms of Shio Sayyam. It's also, uh, because this was a, a response to an event, there is also the idea that um, just as the, we know the Malochim, the angels in, in, in Shemaim, Praise Hashem! They have, you know, the heavenly choirs. The, the uh, uh, we're, we're told that you know there's a, a very um, specific order and uh, uh, you know a very uh, very specific structure to the way that the malachim praise Hashem. And just as the malachim are praising Hashem on high, we're praising Hashem down here. In the world, we're the the heavenly choir, so to speak, down in 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 this world. So uh, we have that connection, actually. So here, in the in the in the case of the Shira Sayam, we're really combining both because we're responding to a very dramatic and and uh, uh, you know life uh, changing moment uh, in terms of how we're singing to Hashem responding to that that event and then we also have the fact that we're we're praising Hashem for having been the author of the, that event i mean Shiyam is actually the whole concept of the Yam Suf was something where Hashem specifically was telling us not to uh, get involved too much. I mean, we have to, they had to have the Mr. Nefesh to, to jump into the sea. But but the main thing was just, you know, just sit back and let Hashem do the work. It was they even told, the extent of telling Moshe Rabbeinu not to, to daven, not to pray to him. So they were, they were instructed that this was not up to them. It was not their, you know, it was not expected of them to to, uh, um, to get Hashem to do anything. Um, and that's also something that we, we talk about uh, prayer as being, you know, asking for something and, and trying to get Hashem to respond to our prayers if we're in, in trouble or whatever, we need something. Uh, and in this case, uh, we were told specifically not to pray to Hashem, and the song took place after the whole event uh, had finished already. It was, it was done already. So this is something where um, there's a lot of unique things going on and we have to look at our own lives, as I always encourage, you know, us to do it as, as a, um, in, in response to, to seeing these uh, these events unfold. Um, we have to look at the way we, first of all, treat this experience of Shir Siyam that we say every day, and also the way we look at uh, the role of of music and song in general in terms of, uh, in, in, in the light of Yiddishkeit. So why is this so important, this concept of, of the smich of Geula, the tefillah, that we're, I think I talked about already this idea of, you know, like stepping out of the world, of this world, and going into the next world, and then standing in front of Hashem, and then we're, we're asking for things in the course of the uh, Shemona Esri, the tefillah, <clears throat> we're not just asking for ourselves, 
<clears throat> we're like looking down at the whole world and we're asking for humanity as a whole and not just uh, with our own self-interest. So that's one way of looking at it. But another thing I was thinking about in the context of, of what is it, um, what's the idea of the Shia Sayyam, Davka? Why are we... Um, why are we uh, referring specifically to the Shir Sayyam in terms of the Gulas Misraim and not just some kind of general liberation uh, going into a different uh, a different domain? So I was thinking like this, that if when we say the Shir Sayyam or even refer to it, we're supposed to relive it. We're supposed to really feel like we're there and we are escaping with these, you know, these uh, huge army pursuing us and even the Tsar uh, of Mitzrayim, the, the, uh, the Malach uh, in charge of uh, Mitzrayim itself, you know, also pursuing us and, uh, you know, backed up against the wall of the, of the, of the sea and, uh, you know, the this, this sea just opening up miraculously and, and, and allowing us to pass through and then closing back down on top of our enemies and then and destroying them you know this is an extremely extremely dramatic uh, dynamic you know event which if we even think about it you know in in a uh, just just uh, superficially if we look at it in a personal sense that this is as, as if it's happening to us we'll be able to maybe feel some uh, uh, inkling of, uh, you know, like a, like a little tingle there of a feeling towards what does that mean about our relationship with our creator, with, with Hashem himself, and, you know, how much he, um, he did for us at that point, and, you know, how we were faced with total destruction. So that should make us think a little differently about our relationship with Hashem. So that now when we, you know, the, the, it, it creates a connection. It creates a, a, um, a gratitude, but not just an intellectual acknowledgement that we believe in Hashem or that we, you know, believe that Hashem is there and therefore we can ask Him. It's a personal connection. It's, it's supposed to, to awaken feelings in our hearts, you know, about Hashem. That, and that's very different when you're going in front of Hashem after He's just saved you, uh, um, you know, he saved your life uh, in in this way. It's a lot different to stand in front of Hashem with that consciousness as opposed to uh, just uh, you know thinking about Hashem in a more intellectual, uh, you know, kind of a cold, detached way where we don't really have any personal connection with Him. But you know, He is, after all, uh, in charge of our lives. So therefore, if we're going to ask for something, we should ask it from Him. Uh, this is not the way the Torah wants us to look at it. This is not how Hashem, how, how, how you know, you wants to look at at Hashem and and our you know connection with him in terms of because we are dependent on him and we have to ask him for everything that we have and we have to um, show him what's important to us and that you know that our real uh, main goal is to be able to serve him you know and and to promote those things that he wants to have promoted so it's not out of a feeling of disconnection. It's on the contrary, a feeling of tremendously close connection. That Hashem has, has done this thing for us to the point where we want to sing to Him every day about it. We want to we want to re-experience that event, and we want to to actually it, it should move us to song. It should move us to that that level of of involvement and and passion that we actually want to um, we want to express that that feeling. Just like David Melech expressed his most innermost and, and most uh, intense feelings through song, where you 
confusing song to express ourselves. We're not just saying it in a monotone. We're not just uh, mouthing the words. Uh, we're not, you know, thinking about something else as we're as we're, we're singing it. This we're, the whole secularism is working up to this, and that's like the climax. And then. Well, we finish that climax, then we go into the, you know, the next world, so to speak, the world of the Malachim, and then we go into the song of the Malachim, that we participate in the song of the Malachim to Hashem. And then we go into Kriyashma, which is like total, bitl, total, mysterious nefesh, like we're ready to give our lives for Hashem. And then we go in and we again repeat this uh, uh, recollection of what happened uh, in, in Mitzrayim, and, and the going out of Mitzrayim, and, and uh, that, that whole uh, experience. And then we, you know, again, quote those, those, those that same posik about and we're supposed to have in mind what the experience is that went along with that, that that inspired that, and that that was uh, the motivation for that whole whole experience. And then we go into the the um, the bakushis of uh, the, the requests of the of, of Shmuel Asri. It's, it's with a totally different mindset. So. This is, you know, you talk about the core of the experience of being a Jew and what does it mean to be a Yid and, and calling out to Hashem and, and, you know, reaching out to Hashem and desiring a connection with Hashem. It's in the context of this entire national experience that we've had as Jews, you know, being together with Hashem and that Hashem doesn't want to let us forget that. He, he wants to, like, be putting that in front of our faces all the time, every single day, three times a day, that we're supposed to be remembering these things, reliving these things and, and realizing how does that affect our relationship with Hashem on a daily basis so that it's not this detached intellectual, you know, kind of based on a, on a cheshben of, of how it must be. This is talking about a very, uh, very, very close soul connection and based on, on very, very dramatic experiences which are happening in the ruchnius on a daily basis and, and, you know, that's supposed to be part of us. So, when we listen to the the the, uh, the Shira Sayyam and the Bismedrish and Parshas B'Shalach and Parshas, you know, Shabbos Shira, we should, you know, try to involve our hearts in it uh, at least as much as our minds. And, and uh, but but to be able to re envision it and and live it through again, and then to be able to bring down from that to, to, to uh, the, the Roshim, the, 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 what was left over from that, the, the Rishima, so to speak, what's left over from that, should be something that we can use on a daily basis to build our relationship with Hashem to the point where that's part of our experience on, on the deepest possible levels.